This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing and, of course, uh, following the podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts, and our 94 WIP YouTube page, where Tucker Bagley and myself put up a lot of podcasts here uh, and our video feed here. So I want to do a little bit of a different kind of podcast today, and a little bit different um, just discussion on something that I think I mentioned before, but I, I finished it and I wanted to talk about it here because... I really, I really think it's it's going to be a thing where, in this city, as we get to know Nick Nurse, the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, I think people are really going to like him, and I feel like I have a little bit of a extra perspective and and earlier perspective on him now because I read his book, Nick Nurse, uh, called Rapture that he won when he won the title after winning the title with the Toronto Raptors, 15 teams, four countries, one NBA championship and how to find a way to win damn near anywhere. The forward of the book was um, was by Phil Jackson. And I just want to go through some things in the book that I just found really enlightening, some things I really liked. And, and I've become even a bigger fan of Nick Nurse now than I was before. And, and I want to end the, the this episode with telling you, after I read the whole thing, and I kept, as I read the book, and it's an easy read if you pick it up and you want to read it, uh, you'll enjoy it. As I read the book... I kept thinking, like, he reminds me of someone, like another coach or someone in sports. And there were a few names. I, I kept jotting down names, like, is this the guy? And then by the time I got to the end of the book and I kind of went back and, and looked at some of the, you know, his words and, and how he phrases things, he definitely reminds me of one very successful former coach in particular. But it's a couple of things that jumped out to me. Um, I really like early in the book, and he talks about his path, and he coached in England for a while, overseas. He took a very different kind of route to the NBA. And there's different routes you can go in the NBA. You can be an ex-player. 
You could be an assistant for a while. You could be the Eric Spolster route, which is an assistant to a great coach, kind of work your way up an organizational ladder. Or you could do what Nick Nurse did, which is totally go away from the NBA. I mean, he wasn't even on the peripheral of the NBA. And then try to kind of wedge or elbow your way back in after you've established yourself as a head coach elsewhere. So you could be an assistant, rise, rise, rise. And then all of a sudden you're finally a head coach. Or you could be a head coach at lower levels, and he took that route, obviously. A lot of coaching in England, a lot of winning in England. And one thing I liked about Nick Durst, he talked about how he literally has like a ceramic elephant on his desk in his offense, on his, in his office to remind him and to remind him when he talks to his players to address the elephant in the room. And I love that because I think with the Sixers in particular, they haven't addressed the elephants in the room. They ignore the elephants in the room. And sometimes us as fans... And I try not to do that on WIP Daily or, or, or on the Midday Show. I, I address, talk about the elephant in the room because that's what matters. You can't avoid that. But as a head coach, it's delicate, right? I mean, do you want to tell the, the star player that he's not playing well enough, that he's, he's, you know, this is, is hurting the team? But you have to. If you don't, if you're not honest and level with players, they can't get better. If you're not, if you don't tell them why it is they're not playing, they can't work on that. So then they could get more playing time. And and I just I like that Nick Nurse doesn't shy away from that. I think that will endear him if he shares that stuff and and he makes his personality, you know, ready readily available to everyone here, media fans. I think people will appreciate that from Nick Nurse. So I like that. The other thing I like is he has this slogan: "Expect to win." And it's kind of it, it's it, it's the guiding it's the guiding principle of how he coaches. You know, not just hope to win, but expect to win. Um, I I like that in practices he has a thing where he doesn't just go through drills. He doesn't just go through the motions of you know take seven hundred shots or let, you know, take a bunch of free throws. He practices situational basketball. I think that's been lost. That's a very football thing. You know, baseball. I don't really think it happens during the season. You know, you might go up there and they have the curveball machine. You could dial it up to, or, you know, the the kind of the special machines they have now where you could punch in, give me Spencer Strider stuff, and it shoots out 100 miles an hour and a bunch of sliders and whatever. And you could mimic the game to to some extent, simulate it with these machines. You know, in, in football, they do this all the time. Almost every practice is situational. Let's practice red zone. Let's practice third down. Let's practice fourth down. Let's practice, you know, one minute, 40 seconds to go two timeouts, we need a field goal. Like They practice that all the time, so they're ready. I don't think they do enough of that in basketball. And Nick Durst, every practice, he does a period where it is 90 to 90, three minutes left or one minute left, and he basically says, let's go. And and kind of puts them and his teams in the moment to figure out the moment before the actual moment arrives. I like that a lot. Um, He had a slogan in Toronto, fear, fear, face everything, and rise, kind of a dread. And I think the Sixers this coming year can use that. He also had that that Raptors team when he took over. It's similar. I think that Raptors team was better than the Sixers team. But when when he took over and he was the assistant in Toronto for a while, and then he became the head coach. And the story was they can't get past the second round, which is obviously very similar here in Philadelphia. And he gave them bracelets before the season started with the letters AMJ on it because that was the goal. And AMJ in this case meant April. May and June. The goal was the regular season. The goal wasn't to win a bunch of games in the regular season. It was to do everything they could to prepare for April, May, and June. Of course, that first year in Toronto, he did win the NBA title and you know the shot the, the against the Sixers. Um, 
you know, to beat them. And then they went on to beat the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final. After being down 0-2, they won four straight and then beating the Warriors in the NBA Finals. Um, I thought it was cool the way he described Kawhi Leonard, who is now a Clipper and was with him when they won in, in Toronto. And he, he talked about how when he sat down with Kawhi, he talked about his goals. Because that his first year as the head coach of Toronto was Kawhi's first year there, his only year in Toronto. And Kawhi, and I think Joel... You know, could take something out of this, and I'm not sure if it'll be something that Nick Nurse relays to Joel Embiid, but I think it's certainly something he could. Is that when Kawhi Leonard first sat down with Nick Nurse, he told him he has no interest at all in winning an MVP. It's just not something he cares about. He wants to do. He wanted to, the playoffs and preparing for the grind of the playoffs is all he cared about. Individual awards, individual success mattered nothing to Kawhi Leonard. This is the way Nick Nurse realized this story, and I thought that was refreshing because we just went through a year where it's, it's all seemingly anyone cared about around here was if Joel Embiid was going to win the MVP, and this was kind of my sentiment. I didn't care. It's just, it's just it didn't matter to me. I'm, I, you know, Joel Embiid certainly played well enough to be in consideration, and he ended up winning it, which is wonderful for him. I didn't care. One thing... And we'll get back to the Embiid stuff in a, in, a, in a minute because I think his perspective on Joel Embiid is so... he like Nick Nurse sees, and I'm sure he sees the good, and he's going to tell us about the good, but he sees the flaws in Joel that maybe he can show to Joel to kind of coach Adam a little bit, but... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I thought it was interesting, and this kind of got me thinking about who he reminds me of and, and the coach in, in sports he reminds me of. So so Nick Nurse has a 6-to-1 ratio, he calls it. He calls it the kind of praise-to-critique ratio. And he doesn't he didn't say he actually writes it down, but he tries to keep the 6-to-1 ratio over the course of the season. He thinks the modern NBA player needs six elements of praise versus one element of critique to keep them from turning on you as a coach. And you may be rolling your eyes like, really? We're at we're at this point. I told Hugh the other day on the midday show this and, and he kinda was like, Really? That these guys need this. And and look, Hugh's a football ex football player. I don't think that they have that ratio in football. Um but in basketball Nick Nurse believes it's necessary. And the way he describes it, it doesn't have to be over the top praise, but just something. Like, you know, he would see one of his players in the hallway day after game or right before practice, and he would say something complimentary about their game last night or their practice, something he saw they did well, pointed out like, hey, great job with that. And it just kind of building a bank of I'm on your side, I'm praising you, I see you're good. So when it is time to critique that particular player and really rip them for the way they're playing or in a film session, that that bank of... I do see the good, and it's it's funny the way he described it. And I'm I'm now interjecting my emotion in it, my feeling. The way he described it reminded me a little bit. I have an eight year old and a six year old, and it's like a little bit like I, I can't speak for him, but how my wife and I kind of raise our kids. Like, like sometimes, obviously, you got to be hard on them. You got to, and they do something wrong, or they're not listening, and you have to kind of be more stern um, about whatever it is. You know, whether it's you got to do this, you have to do your homework, you know, whatever it is. You have to listen to your teacher or, or your coach, whatever the, the the element we're trying to help them with. 
But it can't all be that. Like you, you kind of lose them, and then they'll get emotional and sad. You can't always be that. So you have to, you know, point out the good. Um, you point out the good of Raw. Wow, really proud of you for this. You did a great job here. It's kind of like NBA players are, are kids in a sense, where they need that. And I think some of it is probably because they've been coddled um, throughout their their basketball lives. But I thought that was interesting. So don't be shocked if we hear a lot of praising of the players by Nick Nurse. Uh, I'm sure he will do some of it publicly, probably more likely to do some of those six praises publicly than any of the critiques publicly. So that's something I thought was interesting. The stuff about Joel. So, you know, Joel Embiid, and he wrote, this was about the, you know, the Raptors running the championship, obviously beating the Sixers in that second round with the Kawhi shot. But the stuff about Embiid was interesting because he talked about how Embiid feeds on emotion, plays on emotion. And if he doesn't get off to a hot start in a game, he can never get it. <clears throat> Excuse me, never kind of find that in a particular game. And his game plan late in the series against the Sixers in 19 was let's double him, let's body him, let's make sure before that first substitution, by then it was Brett Brown. If he's not hot, if he's not, you know, as enough six, eight, ten points early, he he in a sense kind of mentally checks out. And I'm paraphrasing him here, but if we take him out early, he never gets in a flow, rhythm, energy, emotion. It's all true. I mean, think about Game 7 against the, the Celtics this year. Joel didn't play well early, never got into the game, mostly kind of checked out. It, I, I've said this about Joel Embiid a lot in the, in the past. He's a front runner. He's a front runner as a player in series. He's a front runner as a leader. When things are good, Joel Embiid is rolling. He's waving his arms around. He's jumping up and down. He's playing to the crowd. When things get ugly, bad, tough, in the muck, in the mud, he, he doesn't fight through it. And, and Nick Nurse could see that from the other sideline. Now, the good news is he's Joel Embiid's coach now. So he can hopefully help show him that. I would love if he sat down with him, elephant in the room style, showed him video of himself early in the game and ha- what happens, kind of checks out. Like, Joe, we got to check this. We got to stop this. You got to find a way to fight through this so you could be at your best as the games go along. Nick Nurse, smartly, and hope he continues this at Philadelphia, never looks at social media. I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't do it at all. Obviously, do it sometimes uh, when I share things and put stuff out. But I think for someone, obviously, Dick Nurse is in a gigantic position, not like just doing a little podcast or or radio show. Um, It's probably good. doesn't look at social media. Other couple things I want to hit on. He's always said he had the belief he could make teams better. I love that because that's what he's here to do. Make this Sixers team better, especially in player development. And... He um, mentioned he's a Rams fan. He grew up, I guess, St. Louis or Los Angeles, whatever it was when he was a kid. But he grew up a Rams fan. And before the Raptors won and they played the Warriors in the finals, he pointed out to the team how they had to choose how they were going to go about mentally preparing and and entering the court game one against a juggernaut, a a dynastic kind of team in the Warriors. And he used two examples. One, his Rams team, the one that lost with Jared Goff to the Patriots in the 2018 season, came out and they looked like they were in awe. McVay, Goff, looked like they were in awe of Bill Belichick and his defense. They lost that game and they barely moved the football. Terrible offensive performance. Meanwhile, he then put on an Eagles hat and showed them how the Eagles came out 2017. Nick Foles, Doug Peterson, the opposite. No awe, no fear, none of that kind of stuff against the New England Patriots. And I thought that was that was cool because, you know, if the Sixers do get to the finals one day or do get close to a championship with Nick, with Nick Nurse, they, you know, they could be going up against an all-timer. I mean, whoever that is, they, they probably will. I mean, there's a chance they go up against an upstart team out of the Western Conference. But there's also a chance they go up against someone 
or a team that has won before, whether it be the Golden State Warriors again, maybe the Lakers, maybe the Denver Nuggets have won one or two or whatever by that point. Maybe they're the next team that gets to the finals a bunch. Um, you know, they started their run last this past season. So I think that's important that if they ever get there, he could kind of hark it back on that. Like, hey, yeah, this team is is they are what they are. They've done this. They've accomplished that. That doesn't mean that we have to be in all of them and do that overall to wrap this up. I'm a big fan. I became a bigger fan. And here, here's what he reminds me of. Nick Nurse, personality, kind of new age thinking, kind of a different path and a unique path to where he got to as an NBA head coach. Outside the box thinker. You know, He worked with Daryl Moore in the Rio Grande Valley team, shooting a bunch of threes. Not afraid to change. Not afraid to adapt. Has, you know, the kind of attitude that they, they could really play with old school fans, but also new school and the and the players of today. Nick Nurse reminds me so much of Joe Madden, the former Rays and of course Cubs and then Angels manager, but you know, really made his, his mark with the Rays, coach, you know, manager against the Phillies in the 2008 World Series, the Cubs breaking the streak in 2016 with, with the Chicago Cubs, managed Kyle Schwerber there and all that. He reminds me so much of him. Maybe the glasses kind of do it too. I could see Nick Nurse, you know, Having just doing different things, different styles, unique. Drinking a glass of red wine, playing music, and also drawing up this like unbelievable defense that could shut down a Steph Curry. He he's got a kind of a Renaissance man, coach, lifer, basketball guy uh, thing to him. I'm a fan. I I really I enjoyed the book. If, if you're someone who likes to to read and and uh, wants to pick it up, I mean I think you guys would enjoy it. But um, it was good. And the, and the last thing I'll, I'll add in, it's just. Sometimes fate kind of plays a role in things and who you become and how you become it. So when Nurse was hired in Toronto, first NBA gig to be an assistant, Dwayne Casey, the two people that hired him, that sat down in the interview to hire him to be uh, an assistant coach, were Ed Stefanski and Brian Colangelo. I mean, if that's not like fate to the Sixers and serendipitous to be here again and some point be in Philadelphia, I don't know what is. Uh, I enjoy the Nick Nurse book, Rapture. Big fan of his, and I think the Sixers got a good one here. And he reminds me a lot of Joe Madden. Appreciate everyone listening. Follow the podcast, review your podcast, WIP Daily. And of course, follow the YouTube page where we put up a lot of video podcasts, 94 WIP. We'll talk soon right here on WIP Daily.